Good morning, friends. I'm always, always so happy to be with you. And today is just like always. Um, I think it was back a couple of months ago, Jill suggested that I maybe think about doing a talk about empathy fatigue. So I've had a couple of months to marinate on this. And um, sometime yesterday realized I was preparing a, like a one or two hour workshop for you, <laughs> which we don't have time for. So um, we're going to go, um, it won't be quite that long. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to get to say everything I want to say to you. But here's, here's a start. Because in the midst of this world, there is there's just a lot to hold. And um, what helps, you know, I'm going to say always what helps as people of faith is religious practice. And we talk about this from time to time. And there's a lot of different things that help me to live more at peace in the world. Um, and meditation, music, poetry, story, all of these things. So I'm going to do a little bit of each of those. I'm not going to do the story that I really wanted to do. We're going to hold that and maybe do that in, in January. Um, but I first, um, the moment Jill said to me, empathy fatigue, I thought of this song that I've been listening to lately. It's by a group called Red Molly. It's a trio. And um, the title is Hold It All. And I, I just want you to listen and just feel it. You don't have to worry about the lyrics. I want to just give you a heads up that there's a poem I'm going to use later that uses the word God, and it's in small letters. And we're you use, so we can interpret that to be life, spirit, whatever. The first word in this song is also God. And so reinterpret as you will. Can everybody hear that in the back? I love this song because to me, I, it feels like it wraps up all this longing that we have to try to hold everything, to be open to everything, to understand, to know, to think about, to solve every problem. We all want the best in the world for everyone in the world and for ourselves too. That's a lot. This idea that we can hold everything is so exhausting. Um, and it carries with it a lot of weight of expectation. The, the second line in this uh, song, oh no, it's the first one. I don't know what you expect from this life. Sometimes I don't know what I expect from my own life. Um, I certainly don't know, you know, what, what what are you struggling with? Who is expecting what from you and your life? Or maybe it's all, all you. But we're, we're kind of, we're taught this picture of achievement and progress and improvement, continuous improvement all the time. This is our culture is a little bit um, obsessed with that. And 
culturally we have a lot of expectations and we use the, the word hold a lot too you know hold it all hold hold it together hold on hold tight hold 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 and there's this big sense of should behind all this striving and this holding um, a lot of trying and with it on the side there's you know occasional doses of failure and more or less constant low-level anxiety or fear of failing or of not being what we should be. Um, and that makes us really tired. And we also often at the same time realize all that we have to be grateful for and how fortunate we are. And then how that compares to the situations that other people find themselves in sometimes. And so there is this sense of needing to solve that or at least stand and witness to it all the time. And you can burn yourself out just trying to witness everything in the world that needs to be witnessed, right? And, and these days, we have feeds of all sorts coming at us all the time, all the time. There's newspapers, there's headlines, there's emails, there's Facebook, there's Facebook notifications in the email boxes, there's, it's all it's all everywhere and it's all worth holding but I'm just one small person so what do you do with that what do you do with that I'm going to suggest um, a cup well I'm going to suggest a reframe of the idea of holding to start with so a lot of times we think of holding as a, a grasping a reaching, a holding on, holding tight, holding together, all this. And I wonder, what if, it's all right with y'all if I touch your bowl? Okay. What if we think of holding like a bowl holds? It's open, you know? And actually, my hands don't have to do this. They could do this. So what if, what if holding it all is, is like a bowl? or a cup, some days all I've got is a cup, or a bowl. Maybe some days I can be a sea, a lake, maybe an ocean. Or maybe I, I'm just a little cup, but there is an ocean somewhere that can hold all this. I maybe don't have to hold it all myself. So just for me, this idea of holding as a vessel, a bowl, a valley, an ocean basin, is, is a more, there's more space there. there and there's less striving. It, it just sort of is. I don't have to make it that way. I don't have to make this bowl able to hold a bunch of air or a bunch of water or raspberries or whatever. It just is able to hold the things. And it doesn't have to hold on to them either. So what if we, what if we just hold things? And another reframe that I would like to propose, and I'm, I'm saying reframe, R-E-F-A-R-M-E, is who we are as people, really. What, who's doing the holding and how are we holding? And again, culturally, Western European Americans tend to be very in their heads. We, um, we are a heady people. 
I use great big words all the time because I think they're really fun and I like to look them up in the dictionaries and do the etymologies and some of you have done that with me in the past. Um, so you know what I'm talking about, I think. Recently, I was at a workshop at four other UU ministers in the southern region and we had a speaker whose name was Zan West and she was really interesting and really wonderful to spend some time with. She's an African-American queer social justice activist and street theologian and she gave us this what what amounted really to a sermon series but she started she posted it on on a flip chart you know flip pad and put it in front of us and repeated it to us over two days if our bodies are the site of oppression so too they must be the site of liberation she kept reminding us of that. We were thinking we were using our brains, but she kept reminding us to drop back into our bodies and to, when we were thinking about justice making, how can we connect that to the lives we live in our bodies and the lives other people live in their bodies? And how can our bodies be a place where we are liberated so that we can help liberate other people and um, I think, for me anyway, what I'm learning is that my being aware of my body has a lot to do with being aware of my emotions. And it's really hard to do that sometimes without getting all thinky about it. You know, I want to go to therapy and talk it through with somebody rational for a few weeks and be done with it, right? <laughs> And it just, it kind of doesn't work that way. We don't actually work that way. So um, I was trying to remember, and I'm not sure, but I think I have done this practice with you before, but I'm going to invite us to do another uh, guided meditation practice that just involves focusing on three specific points in your body. And that's all. So not thinking about them, just trying to notice them. And it's tricky because they're in the middle of different spots in your body. But let's just give it a try, okay? So first, I want you to focus. And you might settle yourself however you want. I'm probably going to end up with my eyes closed here. You can leave yours open or close them, whatever you like. Um, but first, we're looking for the point that is in the center of our heads, in the middle of our brains. Maybe not the middle of the brain, maybe the bottom. Anyway, the middle of your head. And what might help is to put a hand on your forehead and one on the back of your head, or maybe the crown and the base of your neck. You can experiment, maybe on either side, whatever feels right to you. I like it like this. And go for the point that's in between your palms. Just see if you can feel that, or at least think about that spot. And just be there inside that spot, just with yourself. Just for the moment, cut off all the thoughts that are coming from outside yourself. Just let them be and look for that spot right in the middle of your head. And take a couple of breaths, imagining you're breathing into that spot. And then we're going to move down 
down, maybe you can imagine go, moving down through the center of your throat. And we're, we're going for a spot in the middle, of, the middle of your chest. Or if you prefer the middle of your heart, that's fine too. And it might help to put a hand on your sternum and maybe a hand at the back of your, um, you know, sort of in between and below your shoulder blades. Or just feel the chair against your back. And look for that spot, feel out that spot in the center of your chest. And you might notice your heart more than you usually do, or your lungs, but just go for that spot in the center there and be there, just with yourself. Let everything outside, just, just leave it alone. It's out there. It'll be there later. And be yourself in the middle of your chest. And then we're gonna move down to a space in the middle of your belly. And you might, again, feel the chair behind you or maybe put a hand at the small of your back or just below that and a hand maybe right below your your belly button i always find that i'm reminded this is a part of my body i've not been taught to love well but for a moment just go ahead and love your belly and find that spot in the center between your your belly and your spine And this is a part of us that's really deeply connected to our brain, to our heart center. But we don't pay much attention to it sometimes. So just be there with yourself. Where is that spot in the center? And here's the fun part. We're gonna hold on to that spot in the center of your belly and be aware there, and then bring your awareness up. And see if you can hold those two spots, one in your chest and one in your belly. Can you think of those two, and maybe a, a string or a column connecting them? And then we're gonna add that spot in the middle of your head. And see if you can hold all three of those in your consciousness for a moment. all at once and be centered in yourself. Just yourself. Take a good deep breath in and out. And you can hold on to that lovely sense of your own center as long as you want, but start to come back into the room and open your eyes when you're ready. I have this hunch that learning to hold like a bowl instead of a fist involves learning to be able to drop into my own center. And it's something, you can do that in lots of different ways. Many people practice yoga. 
or um, meditation. Um, I listen to music a lot to find myself. Um, but I kind of, Zan West also introduced us to a poem that I want to share with you. And I, I found myself, because of this poem, actually thinking of that center of myself as a tree. Because this is what the poem, the poem is about leaves. But what if the center of us is a lot like a tree with roots that go down and connect to the ground, and a trunk, a strong central trunk, and branches, and leaves? And what if part of having leaves and things that connect us to the outer world means letting go of things? Maybe, maybe our stories, our pasts, our histories, our struggles, our successes, our failures, maybe those are all things that serve us for a while, like the leaves do the trees, and then there come seasons for letting them go as well. So this is a poem by Lucille Clifton, and it's called, the title is The Lesson of the Falling Leaves. The leaves believe such letting go is love, such love is faith, such faith is grace, such grace is God. I agree with the leaves. So what if being a self in this big world with so much to hold might be like being a tree? with a trunk and leaves, and learning to hold them when it is the season for holding and letting go, letting them fall, knowing that there's a ground that will hold them, there is an ocean that will receive their nutrients eventually, they will be held in the world and we don't have to hold everything. The world is big enough to hold what we need to let go of. And, hmm, and, it would be nice, yeah, yeah, let's see how much time we've got, yeah. I think perhaps that if we can let go, learn to, allow other people, other groups, other times, maybe our descendants to hold what is too much for us to hold, um, and stay centered and grounded and still present to everything else that is. It might be that we gain the possibility of becoming part of a very large holding container and I think it's a matter of stretching our sense of time sometimes. And that's what I, I really, I really love this book. The Mountain That Loved a Bird. And this is what I want to come bring you when I, when I come back in January. I think it, it'll, be, it'll be really good for MLK month and all that. Um, but it's about change happening over long periods of time. And it'll be sort of, Empathy Fatigue Part Two, um, when I'm back. But for now, I'd just like to hold the possibility that learning to be present 
with our bodies, with our emotions, as well as our thoughts, to be present with history and present with the other people who share this moment with us while remaining grounded and centered may perhaps give us space simply to be present. And I'm, I'm repeating that word present over and over again because I think at the end of the day, this is all we really do for each other as human beings. We stay present if we're lucky, sometimes, for a little while. And most of the healing that happens, happens because people are present with each other or people are present with their own bodies and allow that healing to happen. Or medical people are present <laughs> with special skills and, and help things happen too. There's so, there's, there, it's, it's amazing what happens. And at the end of the day, usually the call to me is to stay present with my life and to see the moments where I can help without needing to, to grab so much. Where can I help by holding? Where am I called to witness? Um, and knowing, discerning somehow, some of you may have, if you got the email from Jill, I think she was going to ask you to watch, or invite you to watch a video. Did that, get, yeah. So there was this, it was um, really, this was put out by the UU Mirth and Dignity Society, which is, they're really good, you should check them out. Um, but there was this video that struck me, it's like, you're not on call for the pain of the world. Your deepest calling is not to notice everything that hurts in the world. Your deepest calling is to be centered and grounded yourself so that you can be present for other people. I'm convinced that matters way more than how much you know and how clearly you think through problem solving and um, deciding who is right and who is wrong and what the right way to think about anything is. Can you show up as a person centered in yourself and able to see other people and other things around you. So it's, it's not about ignoring anything. And if you if you've are called to hold it all, and I think we all are sometimes, maybe just think about how you can hold it sustainably, which sometimes means letting it go and let the oceans have it. That's what they're there for, if it's not plastic and toxic chemicals. Um, oh, these things are problems and they grab us and don't let yourself come off your center because you will not be good for fixing any of the problems of the world if you lose yourself in this present moment. And I think I'll finish there. I had another song from Red Molly, but um, another time. So the leaves. I do agree with the leaves. There is wisdom there in knowing what is, what is ours to hold on to and what is ours to let drop, knowing it will get held somewhere else. So may you all be centered and grounded and present and able to let go when you want. And blessings on all your holding. <laughs>